0: Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Again, we come to you from Orlando, Florida, Uh, Alex and I are sitting in a room looking outside where the sun is shining. The breeze is blowing just a little and moving some kind of trees that uh, we don't have in northeast Mississippi or or western North Carolina.
1: Well, you know, where I'm from, there's a lot of poplar trees. And maybe where Mississippi is, there's pine trees. But you and I are looking at palm trees. We sure are. And it's a beautiful day here. We're here at the NRB.
0: It is the National Religious Broadcasters uh, Convention Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've met so many people. Uh, but today, uh, in place of interviewing today, I, I have to admit, they start going home around lunchtime on Thursday. They do you notice that? It's they true. start breaking down. But we want to continue uh, studying the Word of God, and we're going to look at Second John. Now, Alex, here's a trivia question What's the shortest Bible book? In the Bible...
1: Well, you know, if you ask what's the the shortest, most brief book in the Bible, you might think about Philemon, which I think is 25 verses, or maybe Jude, the book of Jude, or even 3 John, but the shortest, most brief book is indeed 2 John, with only 13 verses. And we are going to take calls. We've had guests, and Bert, it's been just such a blessing to be with you and Jeff McIntosh and Jim Stanley and Jade and the Addisons and... Abe Hamilton III, and just uh, Devin Patrick and Lene, the, the AFA team, much of it is here. Uh, but we decided to get back to the Word, and we're going to take calls. And the number, it, we'll get to the calls and Bible questions in the third segment, 888 589 If you've got a Bible question, you could call in. But, you know, 1 John was very powerful, five chapters, The second epistle, and the word epistle means a letter, like a letter, uh, the Apostle John, apostle meaning he was with Jesus, he saw the risen Jesus, and so like so often in these what we call letters, it's some words of encouragement, instruction, and admonition to New Testament Christians, it is. And in
0: Second John, you have a little mystery. Now the message is as plain as it can be, but to who it's written to has a little bit of discussion. But it's a beautiful discussion, and uh, we'll get to that. But he addresses himself as elder at this point. Presbyter would be the, yeah. the Greek word, and he addresses and he. I think that is him in place of an apostle. He says, Elder. Yeah. I think that gives you a little bit of a hint that he might be writing to a church that he knows about and is even possibly planted. founded and planted. I, I was is ask that what you, you
1: think? Yeah. Do you think this might even be one of the churches he planted?
0: I really is do, because yeah. it is very personal. Now, again, he doesn't call anyone by name, like Paul. Uh, the apostle paul does he always did that john has his own style even though the holy spirit was guiding them and leading them inspiring them instructing them they through this magnificent way of inspiration they kept their personality and their writing traits as i would call it and and second john has those traits of the apostle john alex
1: amen Uh, Let me read uh, the first couple of verses, and we're going to comment on this. The elder, and that's John, the author of this book, the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but all they that have known the truth for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Now, Bert, when we talk about heaven and eternity, we think, well, you know, I'm going to see my mother again and... We'll be in heaven forever. Praise the Lord. We're going to see Jesus, and we'll be with the Lord forever. Praise God. But do you know for the born-again Christian, folks, you, you need to get into the Bible, and you need to embrace the Word of God, because according to Second John verse 2, the truth will be with us forever. Yeah. Isn't that? It so is. you, you better get uh, acquainted with truth. Because really, for the Christian, truth is eternal. So in the introduction to this small
0: letter that John would write, we get a theme, and it is truth. That you build your life on truth, you believe in truth, you follow truth, follow truth all the way through. That's a big deal then. Guess what, Alex? It's a big deal now. Well, it is, because yeah. Because people are trying to ignore truth. Oh, they say, your truth. oh, this is my truth. No, it is the truth. It is absolutely true. It it conforms to reality. It really does. And real truth is true anywhere,
1: anytime, at any place. Amen. Well said. I know I've quoted Psalm 115 verse 1 many times, but the wording of verse 2 is reminiscent of 1 John. Here's why we do what we do, folks. Uh, It says, not unto us, O Lord, give glory, but unto thy name give glory for the sake of the truth. Psalm one fifteen one, And then here it says, For the truth's sake. Folks, this is why we say, Give your life to Christ. Know the Word. Read the Bible. Internalize God's truth. Defend the truth. Stand for truth. Be willing, heaven forbid, but if need be, die for truth. Because Bert, the, the Greek word is aletheia. Uh, truth matters. Really, um, <laughs> whether it be church Um, a pastor that's faithful to the scriptures in in its entirety, Uh, Christians, look, truth matters. Truth really, really matters because we're talking about the future of people, the future of our country. We're talking about the souls of people. Okay, let me see. The
0: whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help, right. God, help you God. Amen. Now let's go back a little bit to the elect lady. That is very unusual language in in the New Testament writings. You don't find that very much, but with that in mind, notice the elect lady and her children. Uh and again, we've I, I do believe the elect lady is referring to a church, not yeah. necessarily a individual. Uh, now there may be a lady involved. A lot of times, you just when you talk about a church, you've been to more churches. I, I think I think you could have a race with people about preaching more churches than anybody else at this point in time. I, I say that truthfully. But when you think of certain churches, a lot of times you think of certain individuals in that church. You know. Right. Now I, I believe this is the church and her children. I think that's the membership. In other words, it was planted by the apostle john and now it has grown and it's uh, they've done the job of of evangelism missions discipleship and now they've got more now with that in mind look at the last verse of of second john where it says the children of your elect sister send you greetings now okay i think john's at one church sending greetings to a another church. That sounds a little like the Apostle Paul, because he would say, uh, you know, the ones Caesar's household would greet you. Uh, He would talk about the Romans, you know, praying for the Philippians and Ephesians. And and so here, I think John, I, I think that, I'll put it this way, this increases my belief that he's talking to a church and he is given himself at another church at that point in time.
1: Let me read you <clears throat> 1 Peter 5.13. Uh, Peter writes this at the end of 1 Peter. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salutes you, and so doth Marcus, my son. Yeah. Um, you know what? These apostles, they were busy <laughs> traveling, yeah. evangelizing. They had a lot to do. Organizing churches, while they're at one, sending something to another. And, and here we are, you know, 1900 plus years later, benefiting from it. To the elect lady, verse 1, and her children, in, in an ultimate ripple effect sense, that's us. Because, you know, as Jesus said in John 17, those who will believe by the word of their testament, you, you and I and every believer today is a link and a long, long chain mm-hmm. that goes all the way back to the early disciples.
0: We really do. And, and when you think of that, it ought to bring gratitude and joy to your life. And uh, I, I know it does me. Even writing in the book of Hebrews, the writer talked about we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Look at all those saints that's gone before us. And and we are part of that link, and it's been handed down. It's like a marathon race that uh, you run the race. But it's a marathon. That's also one that's a relay. In other words, one person handing it off to another person. But it's also one generation handing it off to another generation, like in a family. So here he says to the elect lady and her children, whom I love. How in truth, uh, listen. The truth is in always in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." When the love of God is involved, when real love is involved, it's the love of God, and it's loving them in truth, knowing who they are, knowing who we are, and serving Christ together.
1: Amen. Well, you know, in the book of Revelation, and you and I have talked about the book of Revelation, and we, we've talked through it, there is the church at Laodicea, and it's it's a very carnal church, and, and we don't want to be like that, but imagine... And, you know, I th- I thank God for the millions of believers today. Uh, but I think about, and we're going to get to verse 7 of Second John, that's pretty powerful about false teaching. Um, w- you know, we want to be the faithful church. We don't want to be the lukewarm church. We don't want to be the church that Jesus would, you know, when it says, I would spew you out of my mouth because you're lukewarm, that means it, nauseating, you know. And I think about, you know, John who was martyred for the faith, and Peter, and then all through the centuries, you know, I was on today's issues today with uh, Tim Wallman and Steve Jordahl and um, uh, Ray Rooney, and we were talking about William Tyndale. We have the New Testament in English today from the 1400s to about 1526, I think he lived, um, and he was burned at the stake. Paid a price, did he not? William Tyndale had said, I will not rest until every plowboy or farm boy has his own copy of the New Testament. And as he was burned at the stake, he cried out, Oh God, open the eyes of the King of England. And I think about, folks, we're here today with a Bible, uh, the opportunity to serve God, evangelize, live for truth, because a lot of faithful Christians elect ladies and their children, the church, Local, the church corporate, came before us. And now it's our hour to be faithful.
0: And there's thousands more of unreached people group that does not have a copy of God's Word in their language. Praise God for those people who are on those islands, there on those coasts, sharing and learning and sharing the Word of God in their language. We'll be back with more in 2 John right after the break.
1: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland. Last day, we'll be coming to you from Florida. This trip down here, and we are in Second John. Uh, we are going to take phone calls here in a few minutes. Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. If you've got a Bible question, but let me read on in verse three. Okay, there's there's a church, but this is beneficial for the body of believers worldwide. And verse three says, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God, the father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the father. Now, this the word commandment reminds me of first John. Now we're in second John, but first John three twenty three said this is the commandment. What? that we should believe on the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So uh, John here in 2 John, he's saying grace and truth. And when he hears that you are walking in truth, that Jesus is the Savior, you've believed on him as God commands, and you're living the life that a disciple ought to leave, he says he rejoices in Amen. that. Who would not that's a follower of Christ? Uh, this is a little bit
0: unusual greeting that it has three in place of two most of the time it would be grace and peace but here John adds mercy and what a joy it is so he wants grace mercy and peace grace and mercy Uh, so similar and uh, I've heard it demonstrated and I think this is an accurate statement mercy is not getting what we deserve grace is getting what we don't deserve Wow. And and I, I I see that truth, you know. God's mercy keeps us out of hev- keeps us out of hell. His grace takes us to heaven. Amen. And so and it's all saturated in the peace of God that passes all understanding. And it says, "Be with us." Uh, John is John, notice how John is inclusive here in this pronoun. It is us. He's talking to the people who are at the elect lady and her children. Be to us and to those of us who are reading from God the Father, and I agree with you in truth and love. This this is John's writings. I mean, two of the big things that John just, you know, if we were critiquing him and we were trying to be the uh, professor, the English professor that was looking at his writing, we'd say, man, John, don't you think you're going to seed on truth and love? And John would say what? Yes, I am because listen intentionally. Intentionally, because this truth—if it's not truth, then it will not stand. If if love is not based on truth, it's a mush love. And if if we had truth only without love, nobody would 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 come and even come to the place of being in the presence of God, Alex. God combined truth and love on the cross. You know, That's where they meet.
1: C.S. Lewis said, you know, every bird needs two wings. Every pair of scissors has two blades. Every river has two banks. There's got to be truth and love, really a balance. Now, the first four verses are really kind of a salutation. And, I mean, they are rich with content. But verse 5, uh, we get into the meat of the letter, and now. And now I beseech thee. In other words, I'm begging you, Lady church, the bride of Christ, the the body of believers is really spoken of in a female term here, the bride of Christ. Lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that, as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Now, verses five and six here, this is nothing new. And I want to be clear and Really, we could be lengthy on this, but I'm not. Loving each other is not the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation is that the Son of God died for the sins of the world. And if we confess our sins, put our faith in Jesus, we're forgiven. But once we have been saved, we are to bear the fruits of the Spirit, and we are to consistently live as a follower of the Lord And that means loving the body of believers.
0: What a statement it is. One thing, those of you that are looking for outlines to teach or to have a devotion, look at this 4, 5, and 6. In verse 4, it is walking in truth. You got that. Then in verse 6, we walk according to his commandments. Mm -hmm. And then finally in verse 6, we walk in love. John is bringing out a lifestyle that our lifestyle must be consistent with truth if our lifestyle is not consistent with truth then there's some wavering there's meandering but you're talking about the banks of the river Mm -hmm. Uh, we're talking about the ditches on the sides of the road we need to stay within those and that truth and love keeps us in those paths if we look at them and keeps us from going off on the deep end, yeah. causes us not to get stuck and go into wilderness. So walk in truth, walk according to his commands, and walk in love. So look what's in the middle of that. First, you walk in truth. The final one is walk in love. And what do you do in between time? You keep, if, you, if you walk in truth, you walk in love, what do you do? Keep his commandments.
1: Amen. Isn't that beautiful? That's, it, it that's really what John is. is saying to us. It really is. And that's why folks so often will encourage you, be in your Bible every day. We've often said if you read three chapters a day, five on Sunday, you'll read the Bible in a whole year, I mean the, the entire Bible, or get you a good devotional book, and there are so many. I mean, it seems like about every year, year and a half, you'll, you and I will do a show about devotion books. But knowing God's commandments, I mean, uh, if you if you're going to walk in obedience to His Word, you got to know what the Word says, oh, yeah. don't you? You, do. you really do. Now, verse seven is where it really does get down deep, uh, and this is vitally important. All right, but it's consistent with John. Uh, oh, very that, much so. That, yes, that's
0: the reason I wanted. To, yes, this is not a the elder is consistent with John. Go ahead. I just well, make in, sure everybody in a knew way,
1: that. you. you you know, Second John is almost like a very, very condensed version of First John. He really is, yeah. Okay, walk in love, walk after the commandments, uh, walk in it. Verse 6 concludes with a kind of a charge to be consistent. Why? Verse 7, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now, I want to tell you, the apostle John... Lays the cards on the table. Uh, This this apostle of love? uh, The apostle of love. The very same John who talks about, for God so loved the world, and we are to love one another. He says, okay, somebody who says, Jesus, you know, he is a good teacher. He's a wise teacher, but he's not really God incarnate. John would say, you're a deceiver and an antichrist. I mean, Bert, we need this kind of plain talk, straight talk, and... Forceful preaching, I believe, now more than ever.
0: I would agree. And let me just share, this is talking about the incarnation of Christ. In that day they were saying, Well, God could not have come in flesh, he would not be God. He 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 could not touch that. And they they were teaching that okay, if Jesus was, it happened at his uh baptism, the Holy Spirit came up on him, and then at the cross before he died, the Holy Spirit left him. No, it was He was God at the at conception. Let's go back to there. He was God at conception because the Holy Spirit you know, well. planted the seed in Mary. And then Jesus came and was born, lived that life, and he was God. So anyone that says he is not God is a deceiver and an antichrist. That's the whole idea. Uh,
1: um, it's true. Uh, Bert, I was at a university once, and, and a professor said, well, at age thirty. The Christ consciousness came upon him. Uh, look, that's New Age gobbledygook. Uh, Micah 5, two says that the one that would be born in Bethlehem would be from old, from everlasting. The angel told Mary his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus, and the, the word is incarnation, the eternal, everlasting God, enfleshed himself took on a human body. And so Second uh, John verse 7, you might want to underline that one. That's a very clear declaration that to deny the deity of Christ is really uh, to be a deceiver and an antichrist, and certainly none of us want to do that. And they go together. Satan is the great deceiver.
0: The antichrist is Satan-empowered. So here you have kind of a double warning. You catch what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, Verse 8, I want to read this, and I think this speaks to the importance of biblical literacy and Christian growth. Look to yourselves. In other words, oversee your walk and your growth, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Now, there's a lot we could talk about here uh, whether or not you believe in eternal security, I do, Bert. I believe if someone has everlasting life, that life is really everlasting, you know. So, But there are Christians, equally good, godly, well-intentioned Christians that think you could lose your salvation. But here's the thing. Let's say you make a profession of faith. You are in church. You grow. You serve. But I've met people that fall away. And sometimes you'll hear the word apostatize. Mm-hmm. The question is, were they ever really saved in the first? I uh-huh. don't know. Only yeah. the Lord. knows. But look at this in verse eight. At best, there's the risk of losing mm-hmm. rewards. You think you're going to get gold silver, precious stones, and you might show up and see a pile of wood, hay and stubble. Right. That's right. Or even worse than that, lose your salvation. Here's the thing, folks. Um Make sure you know the Lord and make sure you stay with the Lord. Amen, Alex. Now,
0: I believe verse 9 really amplifies what verse 8 said. Now, listen, anyone who does not remain in the teaching about Christ but goes beyond it does not have God. And that idea, they never had him in the first place. In other words, they did not have and they do not have mm-hmm. him now. And then the one who remains in that teaching, this one has both the father and the son. In other words, they received him. He stayed with them. We stayed with the stuff. And, and I do believe in the security of the believer, but here, here's the whole idea. Let me just say this, and I, those of us that believe they lose their salvation and, you know, there's not as much difference as people want to make it that way. In other words, Alex, what you and I would say, if Joe Blowover, Joe Smith, man, he joined the church, baptized, started you know, looking good, but then something happened in his life and he turned away and he said, no, none of that, I'm, I'm walking away from it, we'd say, well, it was never saved in the first place. The individual says, well, they were saved, but Joe walked away. He apostatized. The results the same. Yeah, uh, yeah, you catch exactly. What I'm, saying? exactly. I, I, I'm not trying. Yeah, Bert's going to wh- try wh- to simplify it. You know, you've been around me eleven years. You know, if I can get to a simplification of something to understand, that's the reason some things are hard to understand. But the the result is the same. Alex, stay exactly. Come to Christ, walk with Christ, continue in Christ. The word continue is a big word in the in the New Testament.
1: Well, and in the writings of John, yeah, Bert this is brilliant and hey one of your gifts is to make it understandable look whether you had it and lost it or whether you never had it in the first place the result is the same really is you're in darkness now let let me just say this verse 9 whoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of christ hath not god he abideth he that abideth in the doctrine of christ has both the Father and the Son. Now the word doctrine is very akin to the word we would use for a foundation. Uh, Bert, I've, I've been in some third world countries developing nations, and uh, maybe they don't have the building codes that we have around here, and I've watched people uh, build a wooden house just flat on muddy ground. Well, that's going to rot with no foundation, and I've seen things like that. You know, you've got to dig a footing, pour a footing, build a foundation. A good foundation, a structure can stand for decades, if not centuries. And so, look, doctrine, what are the essentials? Well, God, as God has revealed himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus, the one and only Savior, who alone physically rose from the dead, and we are saved and forgiven only by being born again. That's what Jesus said. That's not Alex and Bert alone, although certainly we believe it. Jesus said, you must be, be born, born again. Amen. So John is saying, look, if you deny these doctrines, these foundation stones, you might have religion, but you don't have Christianity. And guess what he says for us to do? Verse 10, really,
0: if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching about Christ coming in flesh, being born do not receive him into your home, and don't say welcome to him. For the one who says welcome to him shares in his evil works. We do try to we try the spirits to see if they be of God. Is the doctrine they teach concerning Jesus Christ real? Do not receive them in that day. You know you didn't stay at the local hotel; you stayed in rooms and of a of a friend. You know, yeah. and if they're teaching something contrary. To what John was saying here concerning the doctrine of Jesus Christ, don't receive them. If you do, you're aiding them in this false teaching.
1: Isn't that something? That's
0: powerful. That's, well, that's well, a pretty big warning, Alex.
1: Well, let, let me say this, folks. And, and sure, we we care about people. We love people. But if they are denying the Lord who gave his life to save us, and if they're living and teaching and advocating things that are absolutely contrary to the Word of God, Uh, you can be nice to them, but I I would have to say, look, you are wrong, and you are in grave danger spiritually. Uh, It goes on. He had many things to write to him, but he couldn't say He said, I'm going to wait on this. This is
0: why it's a short letter. He said, I'm going to see you face to face.
1: And tell you face to face that our joy may be full, the children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Uh, it's a short book, but it's power-packed. It is, but notice what it's
0: saturated with, truth and love. Let your life be saturated with truth and love. 888-589-8840. Give us that call right now.
2: We've all searched for the light of day and the day and the night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. All the things
0: we know just ain't right And there's a better life There's a better life This is Caleb Harper and this is you're listening to Exploring the Word Live on AFR How'd you like that? Alex, did you recognize Caleb, that voice?
1: Caleb Harper. That's a good rejoin. I don't know if you know it, but that's called a rejoin. Yeah. And you did well.
0: If you don't know, that's our grandson, and he's been here with us at the NRB, and he's met a lot of great people. But people's not his favorite thing to meet. Okay. Caleb, tell us tell us what your favorite thing about uh nrb has been real quickly brimley the dog from canines for christ
1: <laughs> wow that that's awesome yeah
0: and it's been a great joy for Jan and me to have him we've had other grandchildren, and I'm glad Caleb could come. But well, anyway, and thank I,
1: you. He has just been a blessing all week and just a great young man. Well, we are taking calls. It's triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. if you've got a Bible question today. And, hey, we're going to go to line one. I believe this is Tennessee Bill in Tennessee. Thanks for holding, and welcome to Exploring the Word.
2: Well, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Hello. yes uh, I had a question about um tradition uh, I have a family member that's uh Catholic and uh, of course I know the Catholics believe in equal authority to uh, tradition and uh, scripture and I was wondering are there are there good traditions and bad traditions or traditions um
0: That are accepted by the Protestant faith. Okay, great question. Uh, I have a sermon, Alex. Which will you follow, tradition or truth? Mm. And you know what my conclusion is? I want to follow truth and the traditions that are based on truth. So traditions that are based on truth and lead to truth. They're okay, but traditions, no, they're not equal with truth, are they?
1: They're really not. And, you know, we we often think about the Roman Catholic Church, but it's interesting the Eastern Orthodox has what we might call canon law. But in a way, every branch of Protestantism does too. The Methodists have a book of discipline. The uh, Presbyterians follow the Westminster Confession. Uh, we Baptist have something called the Baptist Faith and Message of was it nineteen sixty three? Yeah, and All then the, they
0: updated it later and yeah, in the year two
1: thousand. Yeah. So l- let me just say this. Um I, I tell you a really good book that um I believe it was Chuck Colson and was it it was either Richard John Newhouse or maybe I'm pretty sure it was Richard John Newhouse. But evangelicals and Catholics, do they now agree, question mark, by Chuck Colson. Right. And, and let me just say this, that I know there are many things that are traditions. I mean, I had the privilege of twice doing a biblical worldview lecture two different times at a Roman Catholic church, and I've spoken at several Roman Catholic colleges. And um, one priest said to me, and he was very forthright, he said, look, Um, we believe in the, he said, I, he was speaking for himself, I believe in the perpetual virginity of Mary. And he said, I realize that that's not in the canonical scripture. He said, it's just something I believe. I want to be very careful what I'm about to say. We Protestants bristle sometimes at some of the things Catholics believe. Another great book, a really, really great book, if you're serious about getting into this, is "Vicars of Christ by Peter De La Rosa. It's probably 25 years ago. Here's the thing, though. Catholics might be guilty of believing too many things. Liberal Protestants are guilty of believing too few things. You know, I, I, I mean, Amen. you know, there, there is one Catholic tradition about that Mary's childhood home got raptured. I'm serious, the assumption of Mary's house. You might think, well, that's bizarre. That's not in the Bible. Uh, well, you know what? that There's no historical evidence for that, but that's not as bad as denying the deity of Christ. Right. Right. You know? Uh, I, what Chuck Colson,
0: you're talking about him, and he he tried to bridge some of the gaps. He really did. And yeah. he was as solid as... You, you knew him personally. I, I heard him. Did. I read so many of his books. And he uh, was a Baptist, by He the way. was a Baptist. And yet he was saying, unless we're living in a day, what would he say about 2023? We're living mm-hmm. in a day where we better look at what we have in common. And he said it all surrounds Jesus Christ. It really does. It really no, does. no matter where you go, the, if you're wondering about a church, you're wondering about a denomination, the first place you go is what is said concerning Jesus Christ, and that's what Second John was all about. He's what did he go to? He said, "They're antichrist and they're deceivers if they do not have this doctrine that Jesus has come in the flesh, that He was born of that virgin." And and listen, make much of Jesus, and listen.
1: Uh, but you know what? On on the moral issues and and another subject for another day. Please listen carefully. But on voting. Uh, marriage morality the rule of law uh if we Protestants and Catholics could unite on the issues we agree on uh we could save America well, really we could and let me suggest you do that uh listen uh
0: look at that here at NRB uh we get to meet people from all all denominations and we don't necessarily go now what are you we we you know yeah. and we find out what they are I was talking to someone and she was sharing what her ministry was. And I could pick up where she was going. And I said, well, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. What is this about? She, It's all about Jesus. I know. And so, listen, uh, when we talk about we're following Jesus, we're also talking about what he said about marriage, uh, what he says about life. Those are really vital issues Amen. when we follow Christ.
1: Amen. Bill, thank you. God bless you. We're going to go to Ron, uh, all, I believe also in Tennessee. Ron, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi,
2: thanks, guys. Hey, I wanted yeah. to explain a quick uh, heresy before I get to my point. Um, I believe in a cookie, so uh, it's not in the Bible,
1: but I wanted it, so I went and grabbed it on the way out the door. So uh, that's, that's my heresy. You know, Catholics believe what they want to believe, whether it's in the Bible or not, and that's my problem, is uh, uniting with someone who's a heretic, like Ron
2: DeSantis, but uh more to Well, the wait a minute. Now,
1: look, um we're not calling Ron DeSantis to be the pastor of a church. He's a candidate for president. And and let me say there's a word conflation to conflate. And brother, I, I hear you. A cookie uh you're no doubt speaking of the eucharist during communion. And the Catholics believe in what's called transubstantiation, that it turns into the the body of Christ. Here's the thing, my my dear brother, and I said this with love and respect. um, Plato warned that the perfect is the enemy of the good. All right, look, in a perfect world, it'd be Billy Graham and James Dobson running for the White House. But we live in the real world, and... uh, Uh, brother please don't trash whether look whether it be Ron DeSantis or there another Tim Scott Tim Scott yeah yeah but brother don't expect the the president I want a man that's going to defend that U.S. Constitution and the interest of American citizens and be a friend of the nation of Israel and so uh, Bill uh, I'm sorry Ron Ron I got you we're just gonna have to disagree my friend and and uh, love and prayers, please. And keep thank listening. you. And keep on listening, Ron. Yeah. Uh, Be- Beverly in Texas, welcome to Exploring the Word.
2: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I actually I told them what my subject was before I even heard y'all start talking, and so it was about um, being saved or not being saved. And one of the things that always concerned me was that I would read the Bible and it would say, "Do not block." blot my name from your book like uh Exodus 3232 yet now if you will forgive their sin but if not i pray blot me out of your book which you've written in a uh Exodus 3233 whoever has sinned against me i will blot him out of my book it, it, and so that tells me that your name is written in the book and it can be blotted out you see what i'm saying yeah
1: yeah we have so, got so so the question is is our name uh, blotted out once we reach the age of accountability and sin, or is and then once we get born again, our name is written back in the book of life? Uh, Bert, I, I, I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I listen, I, I know that there's differences, but let me I, I still go back to what I said earlier, Beverly. I was saved as a 12- year- old boy. God came into my life, and even as a 12-year-old boy, uh, Christ changed my life. And then at 17 years of age, Alex, it was like a re—you uh, know, reunion of that. Uh, cause am I saved or am I not saved? I don't want to go to hell. And, and that night, that Sunday night, 17-year-old boy, I said, Lord, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was perfect sacrifice I've trusted him with my life. If I go to hell, I'm going to go to hell trusting in Jesus. Guess what? You don't go to hell trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you've put him first in your life. That's what you want to do. You can discuss this. We can discuss that, and we do. We don't try to shy away from it. We let people say that. But I am telling you, what you want to do is make sure you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're walking with him. Continue in him.
1: Well, Revelation 3-5 talks about the one who has confessed Jesus, and Jesus confesses them before the Father, and he says, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. So I'm not sure it's to infer that your name ever could get blotted out of the book. But in other words, if you're born again, uh, your name is irrevocably written in the book of life. Praise God. Thank you, Beverly, for that good question. Uh, Boots in Texas. Boots. Thanks for holding. Do I have your name right, Boots? You do, and
2: I appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh I only had one comment it's probably on your CRT there, or uh but anyway, listening to what you just said, I uh, remind I go to Chuck Swindoll's church here in Texas. Help
1: him God. helped him
2: start it. And Chuck has a way of getting to the, the boy very, very diplomatic, very Christian, very intense way. And what he talks about a lot of times is, he says, we get hung up with the minors and not worrying about the majors. And I think that is something that we need to think about, because I have a feeling once we get to be with the Lord, we're going to find out there are a lot of mistakes about this or that. And that's not what's important. It's what Paul talks about in Romans, what it takes to be saved. And I think that's what's really important and talking talking about salvation and whether we can lose it. I've talked to a lot of different people, a lot of different religious people, and I use that term religious on purpose. You know, the Holy Spirit's the one that grabs them. It's not us. We may lead them there, but the Holy Spirit grabs them, and the Holy Spirit is part of God. God can't make a mistake. So if somebody is truly saved, how can they lose it? Because that would mean that Christ, God, the Holy Spirit could make a mistake, which is impossible.
0: Exactly. Amen. Let let me say this. Chuck Sundahl, he's one of my favorites. I, I I consider him for his preaching and writing both and uh he does it as good as anybody with both and there's preachers that are better at, at preaching than they are writing and there's authors that's better at writing chuck swindoll knocks Amen. him out of the park matter of fact just right next door to us is where Insight for Living, Chuck Swindoll, representing them is. And it's been a joy to talk with them and fellowship with them this week. We love Chuck Swindoll.
1: Hey, Boots, give your pastor, Chuck Swindoll, our sincerest regards from Bert and Alex at Exploring the Word. And those of you who are listening, any book you can find by Chuck Swindoll, buy it and read it, and then pass it on. Amen. Wonderful. Uh, William in Illinois. William, thanks for holding. You're on Exploring the Word. Good day, brothers. Uh, Dawned
2: on me the other day, if I'm not growing in the Word, I may be growing into something else. Like, being from Illinois, I see what Chicago became when they had D.L. Moody there, and they've got a Moody Bible Institute. And they're so far from that up there that's right under their nose. People need to stay in that Word and grow in it, because be like Israel. If you don't grow in the Word, you're going to grow into something else.
0: Thank you. Amen. Uh, Amen. William,
1: I, I give you a hearty
0: amen. Amen. All you have to do is look at the Ivy League schools. All but one of the Ivy League schools was started by Christians, and most of them were trained to train pastors, teachers, missionaries. And if you look at their logo, they still have God in it, but they have departed, and it's exactly what William said.
1: They didn't stay in the Word. They didn't stay with the stuff. Let's see if we can go to Deb in Mississippi. Deb, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
2: Thank you. Uh, I've been reading the books of First and Second Kings, and in several of the chapters, I see like where it says the rest of these um, something of the kings can be recorded in the book of the kings of the judges. So is there another book that we could read, or what does that mean?
1: Uh, well, I'll start, and Bert, you can finish. Basically, it means that like all ancient nations, Israel kept records. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that all of the records were Holy Scripture. I mean, what we've got is what the Holy Spirit gave, but it's referencing to the fact, I mean, uh, census records activity, might have been how much grain they've got stored up. But the books of the kings were probably some sort of uh, administrative records that Israel kept. And and you
0: also have first and second chronicles that a a lot of times they're telling the same story, similar to the gospels. In other words, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, especially, they cover the same area. But then, it does the same thing with first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, and then first and second Chronicles.
1: So, it it really adds to. Well, Bert, you're right. You're right. Uh, Jordan, Mark, uh, everyone. I'm sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Uh, we're gonna do our best to keep on getting the questions and the calls. So, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. May God bless you.